We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yes, you do. And you're going to need it today. Your therapists are back in, and we're doing this too much lately. That's right, Dr. Chris, Dr. Pete. We are in 301-230-0980. The front door is open. No appointments necessary. Come on in today. It's time to get yourself mentally right to attack this Monday as your Washington Commanders with opportunity knocking. Your best player creates a great opportunity for you. And what happens? You trickle down your leg like your depend leaked late at night. That's the best way to describe what happened to the commanders yesterday. 3012300980. Denton's captaining the ship today. We're going to use two men to run four shows because they're talented enough to do that. Russell's on the other side of the glass. Now, I got to say something. When I walk in the building this morning. Chris is holding court with the security guard downstairs who's grilling Chris about all the things that happened. And I just walk by peacefully. I don't want to interrupt the conversation. And I hear this voice down the hall saying, And I said, I called you a bad name. So, anyway. Well, well, I said, there goes my partner ignoring us like like we don't exist. I hear you, (laughs) SOB. I just didn't want to interrupt the conversation so So I could walk up the Get Smart entrance this morning. We we have one of the – he's one of the nicest human beings you're ever going to find. Here's the problem. I have a three-hour talk show. I have you're, a podcast. You were getting rid of your good material before everything well, ever got going, right? Yes, that and whatever, but I don't want to do another talk show before I do the but, talk show. But is it? But look, it's a perfect example, though, of exactly what's happening in town right now. Mm-hmm. The security guard says, Chris, what's wrong with the commanders? What's going They've on? They've been asking that for 30 years. I mean, yesterday, again, organizational failure at its best. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. I'm, I'm watching John Allen talk to the reporters in the locker room after the game. and and He wasn't happy. 100% spot on from 93. You know, he's, he's always, he's always, John Allen is no BS. That's the thing I love about Jonathan Allen. When it's going good, he wants it to be better. When it's going bad, he tells you exactly, you know, what, what's happening. And I feel for the guys because the players, I do believe the players are giving maximum effort. 
And it was apparent yesterday, one player physically can't give it. The coaches took him out no matter what his paycheck is. And yesterday... Finally. Well, finally. And and I do believe William Jackson when he says he's got a bulging disc in his back because clearly we knew something was wrong, Chris. We knew something was wrong because he doesn't look right playing football out there. Well, he missed a game, too, also two weeks ago. I'm glad we've got that information out there. Because it was clear something was not right with the football player. I I just wish somebody would have told the head coach. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Did the head coach miss the memo that the corner was injured? Wait, the press box announcement that always accompanies a player being taken out or evaluated or questionable to return? Never came. Never came. I'm just saying. Still waiting on it. I know. Still waiting on it. I know. Uh, this t- this moment is not necessarily in my mind about how William Jackson III is being treated, but that situation is kind of symbolic of the big picture of the organization right now and of the team right now, Pete. And that is... I do not think anybody is on the same page around there. I think there are so many things from William Jackson signing to his benching slash medical situation to Scott Turner being in the booth after four weeks of being on the sideline, after two years of being in the booth, uh, to are we going to run the ball? Are we not going to run the ball? The head coach says he wants to run the ball. The offensive coordinator wants to throw it 45, 50 times. Nobody is on the same page. Nobody is on the same page. And I've got, I just gave you a couple of examples. I've got more in my bag of tricks here, okay? Nobody, not only are they a lousy football team, that is indisputable. Pete, nobody's on the same page. That's the scary part. I mean, is that fair or is that unfair? If they're, look, if they are on the same page, then somebody needs to rewrite the book. Fine. Here, here's a book, a notebook with that's lots a, of. That's with a thick spiral notebook lots Russell's of, lots got there. Lots of scribbling and but, lots of gobbledygook. Um, Going to warn you, you're running out of pages, though. It's almost time to get you a new one. Go to Dollar General, pick up a new one uh, for a buck. I got plenty of pages. There's uh, pl- yeah, but you I mean, take a lot of notes. Though. I do I do take a lot of notes. Now, half the time you can't understand them, and I can't understand them. It like, looks like shorthand. I, I mean, it's, it's quick hand. Basically, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, ultimately, like the, the plays are going on. Mm hmm. I'm doing CBS Sports Radio updates. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I'm trying to analyze whatever. Let me say this to Zach Gelb. Yes, Zach, uh, Washington just peed down their leg. Game over. Back Speak, to you. Speaking of Zach Gelb, uh, he's got. He, they put out the audio uh, of me and him on the air together on CBS Sports Radio at the end of the game as Carson Wentz throws the interception because I was in. I, I was on hold. Right. And and they were gonna go to me as soon as the game ended or as soon as the commander scored a touchdown. And of course Zach brings me on right I've seen now the interception, but he's a little bit behind because of, you know, delay and whatever. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't seen the interception. He's still detailing the first and second down throw and how those were near interceptions. And then he watches 
the third and goal interception that ends the game and blows a head gasket. CBS Sports Radio did like you know this audio thing with the whole Odyssey. Doom, 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 doom. Uh, I got to get it to Denton. Uh, it's it's on my Twitter uh, timeline if you can find it. Uh, I just retweeted it from yesterday. It was Zach blowing just his stack about how bad Carson Wentz is, and then me me chiming in. Hey. Me chiming in said, everything you just said is pretty much right. <laughs> and if you're the number, because he was like, I'm the number one guy in America that's been telling you about Carson Wentz. I said, Pete, I said, Zach, if you're number one, I'm number two. I mean, this, you know, here we are on, on a Monday, October the 10th, uh, Columbus Day. Um, not a lot of traffic, which was the only nice thing about this morning. Pete, here we are five games into this, and it is absolute carnage it is not just a misery monday it is an absolute poop show from every way because again not only are you losing and yesterday's effort and perform yesterday's effort may have been the same as the dallas effort and the philadelphia effort i don't know Yesterday's performance was better than the Dallas and the Philadelphia and the Detroit performance. I can safely say that. And yet, there were 10 to 15 things, maybe more, that they did wrong that they've got to fix if they have any chance, never mind of making the playoffs. Boy, what a terrible pick that was on our end. So far. Try to show some faith in the local boys. Well, that's what happens when you try and show faith. Both me and you tried to show faith. Uh, if you never mind, if you want to make the playoffs, Pete, if you want to like even be remotely competitive this year in terms of the win loss record, and remotely competitive might be another seven and ten season. Seven but, but and nine, seven not, and ten, seven and ten. Competitive. Well, that's not re- even remotely I mean, competitive. Remotely, I mean, remotely competitive. No. Remotely competitive is nine or nine and eight. Uh, I would say that's more than remotely competitive. No, because te- p- playoffs. Well, I will. I mean, look around the NFC right now. Nine wins might get you in. To me, nine wins in this league is above average. No, that's what it is. That's not above average. It's nine wins. I mean, nine and eight. Above average to me is like sixty percent. But that you you whatever standards you want to live by, that's fine. So, what is seven and ten? Is it subpar? Is it bad? Is it subpar? Okay. Well, guess what? They've got to average. They've got to win six out of their next 12 games, starting Thursday night in Chicago. Woof. Six of their next 12 games. But, but Chris. 50% but Chris, just to get to but Chris, 7 and 10. We're, we're this close, Chris. We're this close. If we just execute better, we're this close. Here's the problem with, here's the problem with yesterday. Scott Turner and Jimbo Fisher belong in the same sentence this weekend. Ooh. And I like Scott. Okay, I'm a Turner guy. All right, but I don't know what was worse, Jimbo Fisher's play call on fourth down or the last play against Alabama the other night, or the last play that got intercepted. Because Carson said, "I thought it was six when it left his when it left my hand." Guess what, Carson? It wasn't going to be six. Your receiver was not across the goal line. Terry McLaurin, the other receiver, remotely in the area, not across the goal line. That ball's got to go in the end zone. In the end zone. And you got two guys that are standing kind of on the border, 
You know, like they're waiting at the Canadian border, you know, with their passport to get checked in to go go to Canada. They're outside the goal line. And you're you're not going to even if you complete the pass, you're not going to score because there was a guy in front of I think it was Samuel who was the intended receiver. No, McKissick. McKissick rather. One guy behind him. There's a corner sunk one guy back be- behind yes. him. And and if, if if McKissick catches the ball, that corner's just going to hit him and keep him out of the I end zone. I think there's a chance. I don't know for sure. There's I can't a chance. say with absolute conviction but how that do both you run, McKissick or How McCle- do you run the play yes. where the routes do not for sure From the two-yard line. Take you in the end zone. From the two-yard line. Yes. It's not we're talking about from the 20. We're talking about from the two. That's one argument, I got to be honest with you, of all the arguments that I've thought of and heard since the end of yesterday's game, and I've thought of and heard of a bunch of them, that is one argument that I guess I didn't really consider is that no matter what you want to say about the throw, the read, the target, who should have been targeted, whether they should have run the ball, Clock management, which we'll get to. I guess I didn't really think about what you just brought up there, is that even if you complete the pass to McKissick, even if you go to McLaurin, it's not a guarantee that you get the touchdown. And because you have no timeouts and there's under 10 seconds left, the game is over. Which is why why down there, because of Ron's ill-advised tweet or challenge on the Cam Sims play, all of us saw that it was not a completed pass. You knew it wasn't going to be overturned. I know you want the 25-yard gain out of the play, but it was pretty damn obvious to everybody that it wasn't going to be overturned. Keep the time out in your pocket. Right. Don't challenge the play. All right. Well, we'll get in we'll get into th- that because then there's the other usage of the two timeouts and leaving yourself with no timeouts. But let me just let me just piggyback off of what you said because again, for all the arguments and I had, I mean, some pretty good arguments with uh, my podcast partner David Harrison on the Locked On Commanders podcast before, after, during, John Kime, Grant Paulson. Uh I've I've talked I've seen people on Twitter. I, I saw Tony Dungy uh weigh in. I saw I've seen a lot of reaction to what happened at the goal line. And to my knowledge, I could be wrong. Nobody except for you is pointing out a very obvious thing is that, again, no guarantee that they cross the plane of the goal line, even if they catch it, even if it's not intercepted. And then if you don't cross the plane of the goal line, there is zero chance that you get lined up with no timeouts and less than 10 seconds left. Probably about six seconds left after the catch and the play is done, maybe even five or four seconds left. So before we even get any further... That point alone, did Kevin talk about that? I I heard a lot of Kevin's show, Denton. I did not hear all of Kevin's show on the way in. I didn't hear him talk about the McLaurin-McKissick factor in terms of they weren't even in the end zone. Did did he mention that or no? He mentioned briefly that McKissick, even if he caught the ball, was okay. not getting okay. in. okay. All right, so he did. Okay, so I didn't even think about that. You did. Kevin did. Kudos to you guys. Um, Pete, could you imagine, like, as frustrated as we are today, could you imagine where we would be right now, today, if they if that exact scenario played out and time expired and they were short yeah, of the goal I mean, line? You know, could you imagine? What, what would be worse? I mean, in a way, I think that would be worse. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, either way. I mean, uh, the linebacker makes a great play on the ball, first of all. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But, look, Scott Turner is not Scott, Scott Turner's not a stupid guy when it comes to offense. All right, he has dialed up some really nice stuff uh, through the first quarter of the season. We, we've really, you know, we, we've really admired some of the stuff they've been able to hit on, utilizing Carson Wentz's strengths. But, again, in that situation right there, that is that that calls for one of two things. If you want to put trips to the left, isolate McLaurin on the right, and and try to get Terry to win a one on one matchup uh, where they can't really shade a ton of help over there to him, and you go that route and it doesn't work. Hey, I'm all I'm I'm, I'm that's fine. I I'm at least looking to go to my best player in, in on the most crucial play of the football game. I got no problem with that. But just the whole total play construction. It did not challenge Tennessee to have to do a whole lot in terms of covering this play, and and they had everybody they had everybody covered. I mean, there were people around everybody. So, and I know it's a compressed space, so creativity is even more important. You know, bunch formation, rub guys off, make it easy for somebody to at least get open in in that situation. And they just they lack of execution. Uh, again, at the end of a game, and I know part of it. Look, we we've been we were bitching about the defense early in the season. Last couple of weeks, not been nothing about the defense. Defense has given you every opportunity to stay in games. Mm-hmm. It's been the offense that has not executed. And yes, I understand there are mega issues on the offensive line. I understand that, but you you your best player creates an opportunity for you to try and win the game late by drawing the interference penalty. And you got three shots at it. You got to be able to. You you got to be able to execute and get the job done. And you feel for the guys because they're trying their ass off. They're preparing hard during the week, and they're just not getting the results. And right now, right now, they're they're an ugly game away from being one and five. You know what happened? To, you know what? It won't happen. But this this is Jay Gruden's Miami coming up. If they lose to the Bears and they're sitting there at one and five, the old Dan Snyder would have punted everybody. That's not going to happen if they get to one and five this week. They were zero and five when they right. fired Jay. So that's and what I'm then went, and, right, This and then is went that to moment, though. This right. is that moment right now. One and five is staring them in the face if they don't execute this week. And you know what? Even if they get to two and four, Chris, nobody's going to go. Oh, yay! We're two and four. It's still not good enough. Uh, there's so much to unpack here at 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. Guys, we're going to talk about it all uh, with you. Take your calls all morning long. Pete's point is they ran the wrong depth of routes. Is that the best way to say it uh, on that yeah. final play? I just didn't like the I, – I didn't even like the play. A lot of people had a major issue with the fact that the commanders with – in the in, right after the Terry McLaurin defensive pass interference penalty, right? They have first and goal from the two with 19 seconds left, and not only did not run at all, but didn't even set up a run. Didn't even try to make. Hey, Tennessee! Woohoo! Mike Vrabel! I know you've only won 16 Super Bowls. Hi. We might run it here. We might run it here. They didn't even try. 
Never mind, did they not do it? They didn't try by personnel. Yeah. And on top of that, and and I'm going to have a surprising analysis on that whole situation that we'll get to. Pete, on top of that, you mentioned the third and one challenge on the on the Cam Sims catch non catch. Whether that was a good challenge or not, I mean, most people say it was a bad challenge. I would say this: if you were going to go for it on fourth and one anyway, if you were going to go for it on fourth and one, which they did, and they made it, did you have to challenge that? No. Okay. Did, no. Right. But I know. I, look, he wants the twenty-five yards in the chunk well, play, and and that and that's the thing, and that's <clears> the thing right there. Now they lost fifteen yards by Dax Milne letting the ball bounce around yeah. like a you know hacky sack uh, on the punt. Okay. Again, there's so well, many. different I will things. say this though. In his defense, though, that dude punting for Tennessee was hitting freaking missiles yesterday. Not not like Tressway. And Tressway was struggling yesterday. Tressway was struggling. The guy for Tennessee was hitting missiles. Yes. Okay. Okay. Fine. So Dax is playing back, and the guy actually doesn't he hit a missile, it and he hits it 30. short. Right. Kind of left him in no man's land. Okay, and ironically, fair. the one return Milne had that was good. He had like a seventeen yard return. It gets called back, yeah. because of a penalty. But right. that's still an issue. That's fair. Okay, they still lost a lot of field position there, and then so we'll we'll get into all the different machinations of the final couple of moments. Should they have run? Should they have sold run? Should they have gone to Terry on the final play? Should they have been in the end zone? Should they have called two plays in a row, uh, which? was the assertion of our pal Grant Paulson across the hall, and he actually barked at Ron Rivera, and Ron Rivera barked back at him during the postgame presser. Mm. Should they, what should they have done in that entire sequence in your eyes? Again, should they have run? Should they have uh, targeted Terry instead of JD? Should they have run routes that only ended up in the end zone, which is Pete's First point, not not only assertion, but Pete's only first point. Should they have not wasted the timeout on the challenge of Cam Sims? Should they have not? Should they have had multiple plays called so that they didn't have to burn timeouts two and three? There's about 18 million questions off of the last four and a half minutes of that game. Oh, and here's another one. Real quickly before the break. Should they have run 18 plays on offense? 18. Plus... Three plays that didn't count penalties, two on Washington, one on Tennessee, including that defensive pass interference. 18 plays from the span of the 4.46 mark on the clock and walked away with no points. Zero. Zero mm-hmm. points. Zero. 301-230-0980. That's how you get to us here. Start to break it down with us. We trust you. Your analysis. Sometimes it's analysis by paralysis, but you know what? It's becoming the same thing every freaking week. Here's the good news. The Capitals start playing on Wednesday. The Wizards are right around the corner because at some point, guess what? People are going to check out again on this team, and that process has already begun. And I'm talking about people that Chris and I have playfully chided about being diehard Commanders fans. They are even starting to check out and using the E-word, embarrassing when it comes to this franchise. And if you lose those people, you got nobody left.
The only dude showing up on Sunday is Tailgate Ted, and he's going to be feeding himself. 301-230-0980. That's how you get to us here on Russell and Medhurst. We're here every day, 9 to noon, and, of course, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, part of coming out of it just depends on what the situation circumstances is with the ball. Okay, I called back to back because, again, when the referee went down to the ground, I was trying to yell timeout, but he was obviously down at the ground. But out of that first timeout. Right, out. but I'm just saying, though, that's what happened. Oh, I, I get that. I'm because just saying. if he doesn't give me a signal, we don't know where the, the clock is dead or not. Like so, And then as soon as we knew the clock wasn't dead, we had to call the timeout. You know, Land Clark, the head referee on this crew, this crew was very busy yesterday. They were um, throwing a lot of flags. They, they were throwing a lot of, lot of laundry out there. Now, this is where the NFL has an extra official on the sideline who helps administrate stuff. He wears a black jacket usually uh, on the sideline uh, and black cap with, black, with white stripes. I think this is a case... In Ron's defense here, okay, the official goes down to the ground on the sideline. So the R has no idea briefly whether the clock should be running, whether the clock should stop, and it costs you valuable seconds in that time, as Ron explained. And I think Ron is right here. They didn't, they had no idea. You don't want to assume that because you're not getting a signal that the clock's going to keep running and waste a timeout if you don't have to. Because the play was right on the sideline. Because the play was right on the sideline. And it was bang, bang. And, and I official, originally thought he was out of right. bounds. Again, because the official momentarily gets knocked out of the play. Right, right. You're losing valuable time in that situation because he's not giving you the arms waving or he's not winding the right, clock. right. And the head referee is waiting for that signal from that official Mm -hmm. in that situation. So you got two things at work. A, you're trying to get the ball spotted if you're the officiating crew. You're trying to, first of all, the first thing is 
clock stop or, or run. Mm-hmm. Then you're trying to spot the football. You got a lot of chaos going on in that period of time there. Mm-hmm. And I will say, in Ron's defense, when the official gets knocked down, you don't have any idea of what's happening there. And you don't want to burn the time out if you don't have to. If the guy comes up, oh, no, the clock right. stopped. So you're kind of in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation there on that particular part of the play if you're wrong. So I didn't see live from my perch, okay, mm-hmm. which is not a good perch. Um I didn't see initially that the official got knocked down because there was just a bunch of bodies there. So right. I, so initially in the moment, I got to be honest, I screwed up, I guess, and I thought, hmm, the play started with 53 seconds left, and they don't call a timeout, timeout two for the commanders until 36 seconds left. But to Ron's defense, if – I mean, the they official got doesn't get knocked down. Whatever, if the delay, if the call isn't delayed, maybe they call timeout with forty-two seconds left or forty-three seconds sure. left. Absolutely. Or maybe they don't even call timeout. Um, they because, might just go run another play be, because that was first and fifteen. Right after, of course, another. I mean, hello, another penalty by the Commanders' offensive line. This time on Cornelius Lucas, who, by the way, was much better in pass protection than Sam Cosme all year. Uh, in one game, just saying. Now, Tennessee without a couple of their really, really good exterior or uh, you know outside pass rushers, but you but know, as you whatever. said leading up to the game, Justin Simmons was just a pain in the ass all yes, day. Yes, he absolutely was. But but I mean, without Harold Landry and without Bud Dupree, that made it easier for Leno and for Cornelius Lucas in terms of pass protection, right? I think we would all agree with with that. So, but Pete. So here, here's the genesis of the problem, right? Not only does the official get knocked down, so that costs probably, I don't know, six or seven seconds. Like, Because if Ron is going to use timeout number two, no matter what, his point is I would use timeout number two at 41 seconds, 42 seconds, 43 seconds, whatever it might be, because as soon as I see the – Official, the what is it? The side judge, right? I guess it would be the side judge. It's either him or the headlines, but depending on where the, whoever, the flag is, right? The, whoever the it is, chains are. I would, I would be able to save myself six or seven seconds and give myself more flexibility. Or again, I might not use the timeout. Now, assuming that he's going to use the timeout anyway, again, the difference is 42, 41 seconds, forty-three seconds versus thirty-six seconds. Now, here's the next part of that, and during the press conference. Grant also, you know, again, further within that exchange, doubles down on, and I don't think we heard it in that particular sequence unless I, I, I missed it, about whether or not they should then, after using timeout number two, have two plays called to come out of the timeout with, again, 36 seconds left knowing that you only have one timeout left. And you're facing a second and 14 from the Tennessee 33. And on on the surface, it certainly makes sense, right? Wait, this is an NFL modern offense in 2022. You paid the quarterback a poop ton of money. You have uh, Scott Turner, who's you know got the lineage of North Turner and this, and Ron's been you, around. You've got the skilled people that you should be able Absolute, to run this. You should be able offense. to call. Well, you should be able and, to call two plays, yeah, right? Absolutely. And or have a second play in the bank so that hey, um, if you get like they they ultimately then get um, nine yards on second and fourteen. Now Ron's point was 
I don't know what down and distance I'm going to be facing then on third down to have a second play called coming out of the, the timeout two and the second down play. Does that make sense, right? Yeah. He's like, well, how can I call a second play if I don't know what the down and distance is going to be on third down? What if it's third and nine? What if it's third and four? What if it's third and one? What if it's third and 12? I don't know. Here's my only – you tell me whether I'm wrong. I'm not going to kill Ron and Scott for necessarily not having two plays in the bank, although you probably should, because there are a lot of variables. But here's what where I'm at on this. However you get it done, Pete, you cannot use timeout number three. With this operation, with this operation, down four points against... Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans, who are reeling at this point. As they always always do in the second half. Right? But you can't use timeout number three at 28 seconds left. Like, no matter what you do, you can't use timeout number three. Now, the only other way you could get around it is when they only get nine on second and 14 is to spike it on third down and then you put yourself into fourth down or to super hurry it up and you're going to burn some clock that way. So Ron's point is, no, no, no. I'd rather use timeout number three, save the clock and not put myself in fourth down, which makes some sense. But I guess my overall question to you is, Pete, if you're Pete Rivera, Okay, and you always want to be a part of that staff, but not necessarily the coaching staff. You I want, want to be, be a, a part department. of the personnel and scouting staff, but you know enough about game clock management, right? If you're Ron, what makes more sense to you? Third and five from the 24, no timeouts left, 28 seconds left, or fourth and five from the... Uh, fourth and five from the 24 where you spike the ball on third down or you um, or you hurry up to the line of scrimmage you don't use your final timeout you don't spike it and you run a third down play and you're probably looking in the neighborhood of somewhere between 15 and 17 seconds on the clock what what do you think you would have done I mean that you I understand what Ron is saying, not knowing what down and distance is, but when you're running a two-minute offense and you need a touchdown, we're not throwing sideways passes, okay? We're throwing the ball vertically down the field. You just simply have two routes that have verticals in them of some sort. We're not throwing any sideways passes this late in the two-minute offense and in this field position. So to me, I... But verticals could get you in trouble too if they don't wind up in the end zone. But you've got to get everybody down there, I'm, and you're in the middle of the field. At I'm least the sideway horizontal stuff two, you can get out of bounds. I have two plays. Okay, I have two plays with 36 seconds to go, clock moving to get five yards. My my job right here is to do whatever I've got to do to get five yards. Okay, I can get to the line of scrimmage. I'm sure I'm going to have a play. If I'm, again, calling routes that are vertical to get five yards. Right, but it's not just about getting the first down, is it? I mean, the first down is important, but clock management. Yeah, because you need as many downs, you need as many plays as you can. Well, that's why clock management is important. So if you run run more vertical routes. What happens when you exhaust your timeouts? You've now put yourself in in a bind as to what you as can to what call you can run. and where you can go and in the middle of the field. And yet they still went down the field, right, a little bit. Not not tremendously, but 
a medium shot to McLaurin and got the defensive pass yeah. interference to the far left of, of of Carson Wentz. Well, I mean, that's a twenty. I mean, the 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 pat. I mean, it was at the two yard line. Well, so. that's where the ball. Yeah, right. That's where the ball gets spotted. Right. But what I'm saying is. To your point, right, you're saying, no, you should have gone down the field, down the middle of the field, you know, and, you and run some vertical routes. My point is, is you run routes that are going to take you down the field, get you, you know, which chunk but, but, yardage, But my so to point speak. is, is they did, they just did it after this particular sequence that I'm talking about. They sort of do that with Terry McLaurin on the defensive pass interference. I guess my But that's point, what happens, though. You run down the field, you put pressure on the defense, okay. you get the penalty. Okay, so my point is... I've got to get down, Chris, i got to so- get down the field. I have one goal. I can't kick a field goal here. So everything I have has to go toward the goal line. Fine. But my point is, is I guess, there, is there anything that could be done besides what you're saying and going vertical over the, basically over the middle on second and 14 so that you don't have to use timeout number three? And I've given a couple of different options. Again, you could, you could um, spike the ball on third down then on third and five and go to a fourth down and save your, you know, maybe, I don't know, 18, 17 yeah, seconds left. Then you're walking a tight rope. Then you're walking a tight rope. Or you could hurry up to the line of scrimmage, right, and try and snap a third and five key play where you haven't converted on third down really all game, and you could try and get it done that way. And, again, you're probably still in that 18-second area. Or you could call the timeout, which is what Ron did. And – the problem with that is, from a, a a management standpoint, I think it makes sense to call the third timeout to execute properly. The problem is, is that idea, that principle, Pete, costs you the third timeout and everything else that comes after that, which is no ability to run the ball, no ability to prevent in case there's a disaster, a sack, a penalty, a 10-second run, nothing. There's no so while in, in in common sense it made sort of common sense to use the third timeout when they did the problem is the exchange is oh crap we don't have a timeout for 28 seconds or the final 28 seconds of the game so that's where I'm at I don't know if that's right but that's where I'm at well I mean but either way Chris this this boiled down to the fact that they tried to target their best player he drew a pass interference penalty. You're at the two-yard line with 19 seconds we remaining. You should be able to score. You've got to score the football. Okay, that's fair. Why don't we I mean, take— we can, we, can, we can bang on Rod for the missed time mismanagement and all that other stuff, but the point is they're at the two-yard line with 19 seconds remaining, and they could not score. I, I mean, that's fair. And, and, and I do like your point, your original point on the final play. How do you run a play with no time left on the clock, basically, and not have everybody— in the end zone. I mean, think about this. I mean, it's got to come 19, out quick. It's got to come out quick. 19 seconds to go. You could have put Antonio Gibson behind Carson Wentz, had Wentz take the snaps under center, and you probably could have pushed Big Red in the end zone. If not on the first play, the second play, and and maybe covered two That's yards. another component of this we, we'll get into with the call. I'm just saying. We're going to get you. We see you guys. Uh, I, we got a lot to do. We got a lot to set up. Very controversial end. I hope you guys understand. We're going to wrap with you. 301-230-980. That's how you get to us here. Streaming live for free on the Odyssey app right now. Chris tells us what's trending. The NFC East is turning into a beast again, just like it used to be except it's leaving the Washington Commanders behind. 
Washington at 1-4, and four, and the NFC East still has the best record of any division in the National Football League. Because you got the Eagles at 5-0. and oh, They play the Cowboys next week, Sunday night football. Oh, that's appointment football next week. And the Giants win in London against Green Bay. Brian Dable has them at 4-1. and one. Yet your commanders are at 1-4. and four. Let's go to the phones. 301-230-0980. Jay Gruden coming up in 11 minutes. We talk to Cliff. Cliff, you're up first this morning on the Team 980. Hello. Yeah, good morning. What's um, up, Cliff? Yeah, um... That last drive yesterday, Ron totally lost that game because early in the game when it was fourth and four and they were deciding whether they're going to kick a field goal, instead of them kicking a field goal, Ron decided to go for it on fourth down and the pass was incomplete. If I'm, mistake, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was back in the first half. And on that last drive yesterday, instead of them needing a touchdown, hell, they was already in field goal range. All they had to do was control the clock and send – Joey Slaughter for the game with a field goal. Game would have been 23-21 Washington. We'd have been talking about a win, a broken three-game losing streak, and a feel-good Monday. But Ron blew the game for us. And that, I'm going to sit back and listen. Uh, listen, Cliff, I, I appreciate the phone call. I um, I didn't have a major problem with Ron going for it on fourth and four in that spot. Now, the problem was is that – you have, if I remember the play design, first of all, the third down pl- pass, I think, was was tipped, knocked down, knocked up, whatever. And then the linebacker, Pete, is just sitting there in a just a huge zone and a huge hole where Carson tries to go. And the linebacker's just reading his eyes, and Carson never manipulates his eyes no, at all. Right. And he stares right down the gun barrel, and the linebacker just fills it and swats it away. And, right? Yeah. I, I mean, is that the play call? Is that the decision, or is that Carson yeah, I, not doing enough? I think it's. I think you utilize a the the part of it about manipulation, right? You got to try and move that linebacker out of the way in some with some way, shape, or form. Look left, uh, and then come back the other way uh, if you can. But you know, you, you make plays, you make decisions during the course of a game. As I, what what do I, I I often talk about it. You, the only time you can guarantee you having the ball is when you have the ball. Uh, you, usually you can't score without it unless the other team just hands it to you. So you know in that situation is what it is. And again, they're at the two yard line with 19 seconds remaining. That's what it comes down to. Let's get out to Paulie. What's up, Paulie? Paulie. Paulie. Paulie's not going to say hail to the W. All right. I don't know what's going on with Paulie. We'll uh, let him go. Let's Toby's go not to, driven uh, off of Independence Boulevard. I think this is Pete. What's up, Pete? How yeah. are you? I'm doing great. Hey, listen, a couple things. I, I got to ask you a question. Say Ron doesn't win another game this year, mm. right? <laughs> do we fire him at the end of the year? Uh, if they go 1-16, and 16, how do you not? Yeah, okay. So – if with that's the, that's the case, and, I, and I'm going to stick up around just a little bit. So we got all these good players here. Evidently, a lot, most of the people think that we have a pretty good team, pretty good roster. So we bring a young guy in here, and we have the first-round pick. And so is he going to blow up the team, which I think would be a mistake. So I think whoever's going to run the team, you need a general manager, and you need that, that typical structure that most NFL successful NFL franchises have. And that way you keep all your good guys, and you got a lot of them, and bring your rookie in, your first-round draft choice, 
and then the rest of the picks should be all linemen. So would that be the way to go? It, 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 that, that would be, to me, the only way to fire run. If you're, if you're going to fire run and bring some retread in, another old guy, which is not wrong with age. I like, I like the people that know what they're doing. But it seems it doesn't match today. The teams that are successful are basically young coaches. So which way do we go? Do we fire him and bring somebody new, and then he gets rid of everybody that's good and starts over? Or do we have an agreement with somebody, with the general manager and the new coach, and say, hey, listen, most of the guys are good. We want to keep them. Here's your first-round quarterback. Let's go from here. Uh, appreciate the call. I mean, look, I, I, I like hiring the GM before the coach because you need those two people to be kind of in sync with each other. Hiring the coach before the general manager is kind of, you know, bass backwards, and I, I, I don't necessarily like that. The problem is, where's that guy coming from right now? Because, as as you know, Dan and Jason Wright, they want to market. So, I'm assuming it'll be Byron Leftwich. I'd also be fine with D'Amico Ryans. I think D'Amico Ryans is doing incredible things out in San Francisco with that defense. Love the enthusiasm that he coaches with. By the way, Bob Sala keeping receipts, baby. Three and two with the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. Jumping up and down out on the field yesterday, showing incredible enthusiasm. You know, that's which is which is something refreshing to see. Um, but I would imagine they'd bring the Wait, DC are you guy. saying that we don't see that enough around here? I'm not saying no, that's not a prerequisite. Okay. It's not a prerequisite. I, I don't need Ron jumping up and down like a cheerleader or something like that. But I'm assuming I'm assuming they're gonna bring the DC guy home and Byron Leftwich. But the question is: Is do you hire somebody on Tampa staff yeah. in the in the you know in the front office I mean, to, here, to come with him? Here's the thing: under like, Jason Light, all, you know, all of those guys that you just mentioned, fine, great. We don't know how they're going to be as head. I mean, is Byron Leftwich any good without Tom Brady? I mean, the last time we knew what Byron Leftwich was without Tom Brady was Jameis Winston, who yes threw for over thirty touchdowns. He also threw for over thirty interceptions. That could be a personnel problem, though. Of course, but I mean that's part of the point. <laughs> is you can have the smartest coach in the world if you don't have the right personnel and the guys that execute. I think this team has enough of the right. Per- I, I think this team has a lot of the right personnel. Not enough. A lot of the right personnel. They do not consistently execute. You know, what and is that to- a coaching issue or is that a player issue? You know who I would love to have call in place for this group that currently exists in Washington. Who's that? Jay Gruden, and he joins us mm. next. Right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.